What's up, everyone? Welcome to the North East It's podcast. Today on the show, I'm joined by Professor Luciano, and um, we're down here at Guild BGJ in uh, in London. And Professor Luciano's given me some of his time to talk about what we love jujitsu, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Professor, why don't you just like tell us a bit about kind of where you grew up and how you got into martial arts? Uh, I grew up in Brazil, and uh, I've been training jujitsu since I was a kid, and then. I was always training for Mauricio. Mauricio was like a, was kind of like a big uncle. Yeah. And then he always bought jiu-jitsu at the time. I was, I think I was like a five or something like that. I used to train for Renzo. Renzo was my first teacher. Ah, right. So I used to live in the same building as his academy, Gracie Panema. Hmm. And then I trained with him like for, for, for a couple of years. And then he moved to U.S. And I kind of like, uh, I kind of stopped training. I was kind of young at the time. And then I started training in a school called Kyoto, Kyoto School. And uh, I used to have very good instructors there. It was Tanki and Tankinho. They live in the U.S. now. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So I trained with them for uh, for a couple of years. I got, I got my yellow belt. Then I competed a lot as a kid. I won the Brazilian Nationals and then as a yellow belt. And I, and I got my blue belt with them. Mm. And then when I was mm-hmm. around 17... 18, um, Mauricio, and then Roger too, told, invite me to come to London. His mom, Roger's mom, Hela, mm. she always told me to come over. I mean, as I experienced, learn a new language, I couldn't speak English at the time. So then I moved over to, to the UK. I was like, I think 18, yeah, 18, 19, 2006. Mm. And I was here for a couple of years. What, what was that like coming to the UK for the first time? What did you know about the UK? Was tough, it, yeah, tough, was it? tough. I mean, I was mom's boy, right? So <laughs> I, I couldn't, I didn't do nothing. I mean, I, I grew up. I mean, I grew up with my mom. I have two sisters and my aunt, right? Right. So my aunt is is a twin of my mom. Okay, nice. So I grew up with four women Very in the house, and I'm the only. Yes, yeah. exactly. So I didn't do much. <laughs> they treat me really well. So when I moved over to the UK. I had just to learn everything. I mean, like, I mean, doing cooking and all that stuff. Did you, you had a place to stay or where were Yeah, you I stayed with Roger. Oh, nice. So I moved over and then I always stay, I stayed with Roger. We lived together for like a couple of years. And uh, yeah, and I was just learning all that. At the time, I was like a blue belt. I was just like helping at the academy. I was doing some jobs on the side, but I was like cleaning the academy, doing all that stuff. Helping with intro classes and stuff. At the time, it was not even intro classes, but just helping in the class. Yeah. Well, and then I go. I then I, I got my purple belt, and then and then I got after I got, got a purple brown, and then around 2010, I think 2010, I decided to move to US. I think at the time, I mean, you used to change a lot in the UK. It's, I mean, it's past, I don't know, 10 years, completely mm. a different sport. At the time, there was not, I mean, there, there was some tournaments, you know what I mean? There was like some tournaments and I fought all tournaments around, but it was very limited at the time, you know, as a, as a sport, you know, it was a new sport. So um, then I decided to move to US, then I moved to California first. Was that a difficult choice for you? Like, was it? Yeah, it was. Because you, you still can't be very old, like mid, early 20s still? Not me, I wish. I'm 24. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, at the time, Roger just opened his second academy. Mm. was a school in uh, Kilburn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kilburn yeah, High yeah. Street. Yeah. And uh, I was teaching there. I mean, I had a group, quite a, quite a decent group going on there. But as a competitor, I was still a brown belt. I mm. wanted to compete a lot more. And there was not many tournaments. I mean, it used to have like what, Bristol Open. We had to call it, we had a tournament we call it uh, Grace Invitation. Oh, yeah. So Jude Samuel used to organize a tournament oh, yeah. called the Grace Invitation. That was the major tournament. And then I fought as Purple. And then it used to be Seni. They called Seni. It used to be like a big venue. They had like MMA, Jiu Jitsu, weightlifting all together. 
like a big expo. Right. And they used to have a juice tournament inside there. And then in their expo. And then I fought as a purple, and it was the purple open class, whatever. I won at the time, and then I won all the tournaments around. And then when I got to Brown Belt, I mean, I had to keep going. I mean, I had to go to US to compete. Right. So, I mean, I said, ah, maybe I should just go there and do like a, I don't know, a trip for six months and just compete. You know? So I saved some money and I said, maybe it's time for me to go. And then mm -hmm. I went to California first. And then I was teaching there at uh, Gracie Baja Santa Monica. It okay. just opened the time. Yeah. So I was there for like five months. And then, uh, and then I spoke to Renzo. Renzo invited me to teach at his academy in Manhattan. And uh, then I started teaching there. Then I started competing I mean, all over the country, doing all the opens because they have a lot of opens, right? All different cities. Mm -hmm. And I compete for like, I don't know. I don't know how many tournaments. A lot of tournaments. And then I kind of decided that I should stay there a bit longer. So then I ended up staying there for like, I don't know, three and a half years, something like that, teaching Renzo school. And then I started learning a lot more about Nogi. At the time, I mean, I didn't know much about Nogi. This was mainly like at the academy here in the UK. We just mainly did Gi. You yeah. Know? And then uh, I don't think the Nogi was such a big scenario. And then when I moved to Renzo's Academy, then I started doing a lot of no-gi there. And then I started getting a bit into MMA. Then I had, I mean, I started fighting MMA. And then uh, what it was, it was great fun. You learn a lot, but I think MMA is a very short career. Mm. As an opposite jiu-jitsu, that you can just, I mean, there, there's a retirement, retirement plan in jiu-jitsu. You open, I mean, you get older, you open your school, have your students. The environment is different. The community is different than MMA. <coughs> yeah. Uh, it's a different sport completely, right? And uh, then I decided to move back to the UK like, what, four years ago? I went traveling around a bit. And I mean, I went to some countries before I came back to the UK. I went to Angola. I had a friend there, did jiu-jitsu there. Wow. I went to the Caribbean. Mm. And I was there a couple of times. So I went just around teaching. And, uh, and then I decided to come back to the UK. It's been has been oh, four years now, and it was great because since I got back, I look at jujitsu. It's, uh, it's like, I mean, I, I'm very quite proud, you know, to see where jujitsu mm. got it now. And I mean, like, it's at the time when I used to live here, no one knew. And I mean, you get guys turning up at the door, and they'll be like, they would just want to test you out. And I mean, just because no one knew what jujitsu was that. And then they come, I mean, let's check you out, and then you have to be ready. I mean, it's like an old school thing, right. you know. It's a different, uh, different environment. You yeah. know? And then you still, I mean, I remember the time I had to prepare my students because someone drunk guy coming through the door. I don't know, someone, they had to be ready to beat that guy. You know what I mean? Mm. And of course, I'll be there, but I want them to be ready too. You know? yeah, yeah. And there was, I think, was a different scenario there. It was more, a lot more like raw, you know, like, like something more like that. And then it was not mainly about the community. It was mainly it was like a small group of, of people just everyone super fit and then the train was super hard and then so you kind of narrow the, the 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 group because it has to be specific for that type of people and since i go back i see that's completely different now i mean you see all type of i mean ages group and i mean like a lot more girls training jiu-jitsu and that's great because mm -hmm. i think they are the ones who need the most you know girls kids you know so you just grew and everyone now knows about jiu-jitsu and then uh uh I think people are very curious about it, you know what I mean? And then they kind of like, they turn up and they kind of want to check it out, you know? And then they get, uh, I don't know, they get used used to that, you know? And then, sorry. Sorry. Yes, Gustavo, that is the owner here. Bom dia, beleza, irmão? Prazer, Luciano. Tudo bem? Tudo bem? Tudo bem? Como é você? Right. Should you go be able to cut that and then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mostly bands overall. Sorry. So where we start? Sorry. Yeah, we were just talking about the current state of jiu-jitsu, really, because how it's how it's grown so much since. Since you come back to the UK? Yeah, since I came back to the UK, I think now people knows about the Jiu-Jitsu, the benefits of Jiu-Jitsu, and then people respect a lot more, and then it became very in inclusive. Like, uh, I don't know, if a girl turn up to the door and then she just can 
do a class because you're gonna see all the girls training jujitsu. Yeah. And at the time it was different. Like I think the time I lived here it was mainly for someone who already trained, who already came from a martial art background. Right. So you like a, like you did karate before judo or something, mm -hmm. then you come to jujitsu. But you wouldn't turn up if you haven't done any martial art before. Yeah. Because it was just, I don't know, it was just not. I think people knew well enough about this sport. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's the, the major difference. And now it's a sport for everyone. Yeah. Well, now it's becoming so mainstream, right? With like, yeah. With the growth of like the UFC, things like, you know, you hear so many people coming through the door, like they're saying, oh, you know, how do you know about jiu-jitsu? Like, oh, Joe Rogan's podcast, yeah. Or yeah. those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Joe Rogan played a big role on that, right? Mm. I mean, because I think, I think jiu-jitsu is a feeling. You know what I mean? Like, it's how you feel after the session. And then I think the professors, they pay a, play a big, big role on that. And I, I think a lot of people don't even know that. You know, they do know eventually, but they don't realize because it's all about, okay, the person comes for a class and how do you make them feel about jujitsu? You know, like, or, yeah. I mean, like they leave that class. They are happy. They feel great. You know what I mean? <coughs> I mean? They learn how to defend themselves. They get fit. You know, they build their confidence and then they make friends. I think especially in the UK, people are very like, uh, I mean, it is, I think cold countries are like that. You know, people have that, that little bubble, mm. you know, and then. Until to get into that bubble, to become really close to them, it takes a little while. And I think jiu-jitsu kind of breaks that. Yeah. It's like a shortcut, you know? Yeah. I think family-wise too, I mean, uh, uh, I think it's Brazilians or, or we are very close with the family and all that. And then with jiu-jitsu, a lot of people, they don't have that close relationship with their family. Mm -hmm. And they find their family, I mean, at the academy. Because they, they, they are forced to be close to someone they don't know really well. Yeah. And then they can't be enemy of that person, right? Because you're close to that person all the time. Then you become friends. And then instantly, you just create a bond there between you two. And then they become the family, you know? It is really strange how, how quickly, you know, you know, if, for, you know, Richard, for instance, you know, I, rolled, I met him when I was mm. in, in Bangkok. We rolled a couple of times. And then, like, we've just kept in touch ever since. Like, like we're yeah, really good yeah, friends yeah. for a long time. But, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. there was no reason. Like, if I had just met someone and got along with them, I wouldn't, you know, keep in touch with them for no. so long. But because, you know, we both do jiu-jitsu and we kind of get that bond from rolling with each other on the mat. It's like, it's a different type of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think. I mean, bo I mean, I love all the martial arts. I, I, I box for a long time and stuff. But I think you cannot create a bond with someone if you just punch someone in the face, you know mm. what I mean? You just, you yeah. roll, you're that close. You cannot be an enemy of someone at the academy because you, you, I mean, you're that close the whole time. Yeah. How, how, how can you be enemy of that person? You yeah. can't, right? So I think instantly you become friend of that person, you mm. know? And whatever person that comes through the door and start training, start having some kind of attitude or something like that, I think the whole group kind of spelled the person out. Mm. It's a natural reaction. It's like a tribal thing, you know? So, okay, the whole... The, the whole tribe is being, it's like a raw apple you have there, you know, rotten apple or mm -hmm. something. So that one is there in the middle. So everyone start pushing that one out. And that person feels uncomfortable. They end up leaving because they don't, they can find themselves in that place. Yeah. So I think you, even unconscious people do that. Yeah. You know I mean, there's, there's a lot of trust involved in jujitsu. Yeah, a well. lot. Like, like similar, like I, I did Thai boxing from when I was like five up until I was 20. Mm -hmm. And you get great friends from doing that. But like the level of trust involved when you've got someone like practicing like the extension of your arm bar yeah. is like different from when someone's, you know, just practicing like pummeling you in the yeah. clinch, you know? Yeah. It's a it's a very different kind of sensation. Yeah, I think the biggest trust that you know when you tap the person's gonna let it go. Mm. So yeah, yeah. jiu-jitsu is all about that. You know, you know <laughs> if the person I mean get a submission on, you tap, they're gonna let it go. They're not gonna try to kill you or just Yeah. So I think that's the biggest trust you can have or or, or and to be that close to someone. You know what I mean? So I think as a, as a kid, we have this natural thing of just grabbing and I mean, <coughs> wrestling around, you know, as a kid. Yeah. And I think as we get older, as adult, the society tells you the opposite. Okay, now we cannot be close anymore for whatever reason, reason, reason. So we have to be away from each other, right? Mm -hmm. And then jujitsu, what did you do? Did you do the opposite? As adult, it brings you together again. Mm -hmm. So it creates this atmosphere and feeling that you, you don't find anymore. What do you think? Is it is it the Brazilian culture? Because you know, mm. in martial arts, uh, we almost have to be, uh, in my perspective, when you know a new person walks in through the door, you have to be almost overly friendly, like super super friendly, 
because that person's very nervous because like, yeah. they think you might be walking into a fighter's gym that they might get beaten up today. Yeah. They don't know anything that's happening. They don't have to tie their yeah. belt. They don't know the gi. So yeah. it's like our job to be super friendly and welcoming to make that person feel at ease. Yeah. I only really see that in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, not in Thai boxing clubs or boxing clubs. Is that to do with the Brazilian culture or, or what, what is that? Yeah, I think so. I think too. But I, what I think is... Uh, uh, I think jiu-jitsu gives you, give you a lot of confidence. Mm. That's what jiu-jitsu is. It builds your confidence. So you kind of know that whatever person comes in, that person comes in, I don't think... He, I don't think you have to prove nothing, right. you know? I think in a, in a stand-up, I mean, martial art, even if you know the other guy could beat the guy completely, mm -hmm. but it's still, you know, it's still, you have to punch each other in the face. Yeah, yeah. As jiu-jitsu, that guy, if it, something happened, he's just going to take the guy down, he's going to control the guy. He mm -hmm. doesn't have to punch the guy in the face. He can just control. I mean, he can go for a choke, or he can just hold the person down. So it gives such a confidence that, it calms you down, I think. It, it, it brings you, it, it calms you down. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm trying to find the right word to describe it, what you're saying. Mm. But I think it's mainly related to confidence. It gives you such a confidence for whatever situation you yeah. get caught. Even in life, you know, like sometimes you have some issues going on. I always try to apply jujitsu in my life. Whatever is going on, I think, okay, if someone was in the mount and they had the whole weight on me, how would I get out? If someone has an armbar on, how would I escape? So that kind of not panicking. When a situation, extreme situation is happening, I try to just replicate in my life. So I think that's, that's the main, I think, goal. And that's why I think that's come to jujitsu and it comes how you approach someone, you know. And then I think your students will always copy exactly how his professor behaves, you know. Someone behaves in a certain way, his student is going to behave in the same way. Mm. And it's like a mirror, you know. So if your professor is like, having good confidence, he knows what he's doing. You know why he's there, and if someone comes in through the door, and he has on his mind that he can change that person's life. With I mean, the person's shy. I have so many students. They come in, head down, shy. They cannot barely talk to no one. And then you give them a couple months, man. You change the guy. The guy is having his chest is upright. He's smiling. He's saying hello to everyone. It's you used to bring almost like a social skill, you know. And then yeah. I think in this country, the UK, he plays a, a I mean a big role. Because, I mean, like in Brazil, everyone is very friendly. Everyone talks to everyone. It's a common thing. Here, everyone is close to themselves. And uh, it's nothing bad or wrong, right? It's just different culture, right? Yeah. And then Jiu-Jitsu brings that, that kind of, this kind of social skill to mm. look someone in the eye and then say, hello, how are you? Shake their hand. And then, I mean, just that. It, it brings that upright. It kind of, I think, kind of raised the person, you know? Yeah. I think that that's what jiu-jitsu brings to, to, to everyone. As instructors, are, are you ultimately um, trying to, with your students, trying to develop them, develop them on that kind of pathway? Um, and do you cognitively think about develop them as kind of the humans there raising yeah. their confidence? Or do you just let the natural process happen when you're teaching just techniques? Or? I think the natural process is, it, it will happen anyway, mm. but everyone is different. So there is people who need a little bit more support. Mm. I mean, like, I think now, especially this, now mental health issues, are, I mean, it came out a lot stronger now. So I think especially the lockdown and all yeah. that. So I think there's people who need more help. Not mm. the help, it's just some words. It's just a little chat. Yeah. You know, it's not just, hey, how are you? And turn your back. And then it's a, ch it's a proper chat. Yeah. You know, sit down, talk. And then, I mean, that sometimes one word, can change that person's day, month, mm. year. You know, that person is really down and then you just come down and then have a chat with them. So I always tell my students, like, always talk. Talk to each other, mm. you know, talk to each other. And then, because that's the only way to make something better. Yeah. Otherwise, so it sounds like, you know, really caring for your students is what I mean. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think jujitsu is about caring for each other. Mm. Not just me as a, because whatever I give it to them is what they're going to give to each other. So if I care about them, they're going to care about their partner, you know, because without the partner, you can't train jujitsu. Yeah. I mean, we're going to do jujitsu by yourself. I need everyone. We need everyone. I mean, so I think whatever you give is what you're going to get back. So if I give my students attention, if I give them, uh, 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 teach them, I mean, whatever, it's not just about jujitsu or how to be nice to each other or how to help the new guy. I mean, you being the new guy one day. Yeah. So why are you just not really, I mean, explaining what's going on? You catch him, you caught him like three times in the choke. You think he's, you're going to keep doing that? 
No, you're going to teach him, look, defend. Because his defense is going to make you better. You won't be able to submit him that way. So you're going to have to find another way. Yeah. And just like in life, the door will shut, another door will open. I can choose to try to break the door or just be stuck there and, and be unhappy there. I can just open another door and then go through that one. He closed another one, another one. It's just like jiu-jitsu. I try to attack your neck, you defend your neck. I go for your arm, you defend your arm. And then I might just stay there in the mount and take my time to go for another position. Mm. So I think if you see it that way, I mean, there's endless, I mean, possibilities, you know? So the only, I mean, that's, that's the one, for me, that's the only way to think. And the only way I think is this way. It's all, there's, there will be always problems, but there's always solutions. There's a lot more solutions than problems. It's right. just the way you look at things. And if you look at jujitsu that way, okay, I got caught today five times in class. Maybe in a month time, you're gonna be getting caught three times. I'm still getting caught three times. Don't think about it. You're getting caught five times. Now it's three. In two months, you haven't been caught because your defense is gonna be so good about it. And you're yeah. gonna be able to defend everything. So defense is the is the I think is the ma major thing about jujitsu. And then just like in life, problems gonna come at you, is how you react. You can panic. Be stressed, be sad, I mean, get depressed, or you can choose not to let that, that get you. Okay, right, I got hit, okay, accept it. Okay, what's the next move? Seems like a lot of jiu-jitsu is teaching you how to like change your, your frame of reference, right, as well, because yeah. like, you know, some people, you know, they lose two competitions, they, they, they lose their first match, uh, they get submitted, and they lose their second match, uh, they lose, you know, two points. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I lose all my matches, I lose my yeah. matches. Well, you didn't get submitted this time, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, so instead yeah. of thinking about the loss, you've you've gotten a better enough to where someone isn't submitting you, and, and then yeah. next time you maybe next time you get, you get an advantage, and <laughs> yeah. next time yeah. start, maybe you start to win. You know? Yeah. Is yeah. is that a big thing, like helping your students overcome and 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 change the way they look at things like that? I think yes, because everyone, especially now, everyone wants everything now. Mm. Now, I want this now. And then jujitsu is not like that, and life is not like that. Right? Mm. It doesn't matter how hard you want something, it's not gonna happen like that. I mean, give it time. And uh, I would say huh, winning and losing, they are in the same position, but in the opposite way. So whatever you feel when you win, is the same amount, but you feel bad. In the other way, does it make sense? I think I understand it. So like when you win something, you're very, very happy mm -hmm. and you're here. When you lose, you're very, very sad. <coughs> so it's the same amount of feelings, yeah. but in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. So one is very happy, the other one is very sad. And then dealing with that is part of the process, part of life, it's part of everything. Mm. So I think that's definitely something to think about it and just learn the process, go over things and then that's how it goes. Right. That delayed gratification is so important. I think that being able to wait for wait for things. Yes. And I think as a professor, you're like a mentor. You're a guide. You're mm. guiding people. You're not, you're not carrying them. You're guiding them. So to be able to let the person go through that moment and they make them feel that. I mean, you're going to feel that pain, you know, I mean, that, that sadness. But coming up again, then is then it, then it's their own journey. I have to be there if you see they are sad. I'm, you're gonna say some words and say, "Look, I've been through that, and now I'm here." Yeah. But they have to go through that. It's like you're building a cast. You're building. You build something. It's like a, like a I would say like a cover around your body. You know. Mm. As more you go through there, harder the cover will get, and stronger the cover will get. You know? Yeah. So kind of like when you're saying you, you guide them there. It sounds there's a quote from Galileo where yeah. he says. Uh, you can't teach a man anything. You can only help him find it within him within himself. Yeah. Um, and Bruce Lee says a similar thing about you know, kind of you help someone explore the thing. You can't tell yeah. them that this is true. It's like you got they've got to find it for themselves a little bit. Yeah, because I think uh, Ca Ca uh, Carlos Senior, mm. right? He's uh, 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 he had a lot about that, right? He had a lot about the philosophy of jiu-jitsu, whenever he came up. I mean, Elio did all the fighting, but I think Carlos, he brought up a lot of the philosophy side of jiu-jitsu. And they're kind of like, I think it kind of, people kind of forgot a bit. Because, I mean, jiu-jitsu, I think jiu-jitsu is such a, such a massive thing. I mean, it's endless, right? So he has the sport side, self-defense, condemn everything, and plus has the philosophy side yeah. that you're helping people. I mean, and, th and that's something you cannot forget. Because that's what actually changed people's lives, you know? Mm. It's, it's, of course, it's the whole combo, it's everything together, but the philosophical side of how to dealing with losing or, or winning or 
or bad day, good day. I think that's that kind of like connect. You know, so yeah. you can't, cannot forget forget that. Tell, tell me a little bit about when you first got here to the UK, because you must have been, you know, being a, a young young man then, and you must mm. have been training with some killers. It must have been like Braulio's heyday, yeah. Hodges' heyday. I'm yeah. sure Victor was coming around. Yeah, yeah, coming. yeah. yeah. What were those days like? Because it sounds like you had some tough training days. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. So at the time, uh, so that, that's quite incredible because Roger... At the time, we only, I mean, the highest belt was like a purple belt, I think, at the time. So we used to train with Roger. He used to do a lot of specific sparrings. And then we all used to, I mean, just kind of spar with him. He used to be like side control, mouth, back. But we just constantly attacking him. Mm -hmm. You keep going fresh. I mean, but I mean, blue, purple belt. And then Broly used to come like twice a week, Lagato. He used to travel down to London. Mm -hmm. And he used to have like two sessions a week with them. And then me as a blue belt, that was like incredible. You know what I mean? Like I'm training for all these top guys. And uh, it was some really hard sessions. But I think that what made who I am today, you know, going through all that. The hardening, hardening process. Yeah, and the whole preparation. So I used to do the whole preparation with them, you know, conditioning with Roger and all that. So that was like a very special moment at the time that I don't think no one knew really about, about, about that. I mean, we, we couldn't, we didn't know about, I mean, where are we getting from there? You know what I mean? Mm. So, because Jiu-Jitsu was completely focused on U.S. So yeah. here was like Brawley, Roger, and Lagato, and then some blue belts and purple belts. And they're like, look, this guy is going to fight the world title now. <laughs> and then he's trained with, and then Roger, I mean, like a month before the tournaments, he used to go to Brazil to, to train at Gracie Baja, but, uh, Baja Gracie there, mm -hmm. but in, uh, in Rio, but. His main training was all here. So I think that, that that tells a lot to a lot of people that you can do your own training with your own students. Of course, you might have to travel a bit to get two sessions in and all, but he did it all here with all his students. He used to go to judo at a Budokai. He used to do, Braulio used to come down with Lagato. So, I mean, that was quite incredible what he did. And he did it. Yeah. <clears throat> Is there any funny stories from those days that you that, you, that always stay in your head? Like... Uh, from some of the sessions? Oh, man. I'm not sure about funny, but I, uh, it was tough sessions because, mm. I mean, you, you would leave the, 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 I mean, everyone would train, try to train super hard and Roger just murdered everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, that was like incredible. You could, I mean, you'd see guys of level Braulio and Lagarde and Roger was mm. just like pff, killing all of us. And then I don't think no one really realized at that time, I mean, his level, you know what I mean? I think he, he was always like, his level was really, really high. Mm. He just, in a, every, I think every session, he would get better. He would adjust something, you know? He would adjust something, he would adjust something. And then, I don't think, he didn't even knew how to explain that to us, mm. in a way. He was trying to, ex I, I don't think, not even us, we knew what he was doing. And as the time went by, I think we kind of like start realizing what, what, what was going on and then uh, 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 what was happening. So I think that, I think now looking back, uh, now I, there's some positions I can think about and I can't understand. As before, I couldn't, I, no one could really understand it at the time. Right. I mean, there was some like, uh, let's say the pressure pass. Yeah. I remember he showed me he showed me the position. It took me like I don't know, maybe six months to hit the first time someone good. Wow. So and then yeah. I mean it's just something new that the one that turns his hip. And not now, I mean I think with the whole uh, uh, YouTube internet, it played a big role now because it doesn't matter if your academy is small, you can look at the video. You might not make it really well, but you kind of know mm -hmm. where to go to and then work on on top of these positions. You know. Yeah. So did that give you um, a lot of confidence because uh, you were training with such high level guys? Did it make you feel like, oh, uh, my jiu-jitsu must be very strong too? Huh. Mm. I mean, for sure, it gave me some confidence, but uh, I think I was getting beat up the whole time. Mm. <laughs> so it's hard to think that way. And that's what I try to tell my students, you know, whenever you roll for a higher belt, and he beats you, it's a good thing. But it's very hard for us as human beings to accept that. It's very hard for you to see your own development. And I think human beings like to be prized. How do you call that? To, to, 
they like someone to tell you to tap in your back. Like and praised, say, yeah, praise, yeah, 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 yeah. Tap in your back, and then they go like, okay, well done. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's part of the instructor's job to be honest and tell when they did good. Mm. And then when they didn't do, did good, then you don't say nothing. But when someone did really good, whatever, sweep or something, whoever is teaching, you need to tell that person they did it well. You know, mm-hmm. I think human beings will respond really well to that. Yeah. So we cannot cannot forget to, to, to I mean, as an instructor, whenever you're teaching, to look at the person's sparring, they did a sweep or take down, whatever, a, a pass, a good pass. And then, I mean, tell the person that they did good. Because there is, is instantly, in their mind, it goes like, wow, good, I feel good. And it make them feel good. And then uh, uh, it might not be a good session, but if they did one good move, I mean, that's enough, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's a win in itself, right? Yes, exactly. Because, yeah. I mean, you don't have good sessions every day. You had a bad session, but you, get, you hit one good move. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all right. You're going the right path. That's the frame of reference thing. Yeah. 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 And then at the time, I think, when I was training, I'm, I'm very glad I trained with them and I learned a lot. I think that was the time I learned the most, but I wasn't really thinking about it, I think. I was, ju- I ju- I was just having fun. I was yeah. just training and then super hard this is what I, what I want and then I think now looking back I'm very pleased that that, that happened that way but uh, yeah now I think I'm I'm more mature so I can really see my journey my your own journey but at that time I was just like a, like a blue a purple belt you know I mean brown belt and then I was training with all these guys like Braulio, Victor, Lagato, Roger and then I was like wow that's that's a good session. I mean, there's no way I'm not gonna get. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Do you remember getting your purple belt? Was there a was there a story there, or was it just a? No, my purple belt actually I got from Mauricio in Brazil mm. because uh, as a blue belt I fought the I went to Brazil to fight the world, and I, I lost in Lumaiwa. I think it was the seventh fight. I had two more, one or two more to oh. go Deep for division. the final. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to win my division, so I got third. Uh, I remember I lost to the to Leo Nogueira, you know the oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah yeah. At the yeah. time he was my weight class. I think we had light or middle weight. <laughs> <got> yeah. <laughs> yeah, blue belt. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, yeah. So then at that time, I mean, it was good. And then I stayed in Brazil for a couple months. And then Mauricio ended up, he ended up giving he gave me my purple belt there. Nice. Yeah, it was good. It was nothing special, but I mean, I got it from Mauricio. Yeah. At the time, it was good. And then I got my brown. I got my brown here in the UK. So that that was funny because I fought the Europeans as purple. I got third. Then I think I got my brown in November, and then then I fought the Worlds the next month. And then I won as a brown. So I couldn't <laughs> yeah, explain that. Yeah. And I always try to tell my students that because sometimes you think you're the top of the belt mm. and then you get the next one and then automatic things will click. Mm. Or you, because sometimes you, you're you not going to win in the, at that belt, but probably the next one, it's just, I don't think it's like a, like a mind thing. You know, you get the new belt and you're like, yeah, now I had to train hard or something or yeah. you kind of <clears> clicks <throat> in and then you just win the tournament. So, is, is, I think we all have different paths, you know? Some people do really well in some belts and they, they win or they don't win nothing. And then when they get the next belt, they start doing super well. So is it, is it, I think it's a long run. You need to look at the long run. It's, a lo- it's hard, but you just a marathon, you know? Something very long and we all have our own pace. Mm. It's our own journey, just like in life. So, so when you, uh, you ended up going to the US, Mm. and um, training and teaching at Henzo's. Mm-hmm. Um, that must have been around the time that Dana Her was uh, creating the leg lock system, right? Yeah, so when I when I was there, uh, it was only Gary. Gary Tonnen was yeah. there. And then it was a very small, it was a small group. And then after was Eddie, Eddie Cummings. Cum- yeah. right? He came to, 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 to Renzo's. Uh, Gordon wasn't there at the time. He used to train, I think, with, with Tom, Tom De Blas mm, yeah. in New Jersey. Uh, but uh, Gary was there, and uh, Gary and Eddie. I train. I used to train a lot of Eddie. Great guy, Gary. They all really, really nice people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, uh, uh, I think uh, 
John is, is a really great teacher. He helped me a lot at the time there to look at the jujitsu in a, in a more like in a strategic way. Mm. As before, I was, a mainly, I was mainly a guy of submission. My goal was always submit. I mean, I was just trying to replicate what Roger did, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Roger's Roger. We're all trying that. Yes, <laughs> but I think, uh, but I think it was mainly of. Uh, 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 I think their mentality is great, but then the, the level has to go really high. But John, he, he, I think he kind of start looking at the game in a different perspective. You know, I mean, a very strategic way, very precise. So I, I learned a lot from him too. Mm. So on these topics, you know, how to look jiu-jitsu, not, don't look at jiu-jitsu, just like, okay, let's roll. Okay, let me just try to beat this guy. Now, how am I going to beat this guy? Which move I'm working on? Okay, which technique I'm, I want to work on? You know what I mean, like I think uh, 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 to drill over techniques, to go over techniques. And then uh, for me, I mean, that, that was the main thing that I learned from, to look at jiu-jitsu in a different way. You know, almost like a, another dimension, you know? So you look jujitsu, I mean, straightforward, and now you just have to, to open up your eyes to look 360, you know? So I think that that's what I learned from, and it was great. And then it was great because I left it there before they, they, they created death squad. Mm -hmm. So it's still a very small group, but I think it's Gary, Eddie, and then all these guys, it, it kind of, it, it, they brought the level up. You know, I think when you have one, at least, I mean, you have someone very good and the team works together, you bring everyone together, mm -hmm. you know. You, you, the level just go up. What I think is hard is to, it becomes very, you kind of narrow again, like in the old school. Right. Because it's mainly for competitors. Yeah. For the level to go up, it has to be super hard. It has to be people who is willing to compete. They have to be young. They have to be fit. Mm -hmm. So then... The, the jiu-jitsu becomes what it used to be before, right? Small group, select a group of people who are fit, strong, and then ready to, to train as hard as they can for competition, you know? So I think that, that I think to balance that, to have a full-time school, like a, a, a facility like Renzo's, it is something very incredible, mm -hmm. you know, because they have this school running with people do as a hobby, and then inside you had the, the competition team now, there. And because uh, like now, now they are very focused on the gi now. So Gregor is doing the competition team now after John left. So they're doing a great job, you know? So it's still possible right. to whatever it is you're doing to yeah. balance it out between both, you know? Yeah, it's a strange thing in jiu-jitsu, right? You wouldn't have, whereas like, you know, the first team from Man United don't play yeah. with the guys that are just come in for, you know, yeah. for a bit of, you know, yeah, after yeah. after after work kind of practice. Yeah. Whereas yeah, that yeah. happens in jiu-jitsu, right? The yeah. guys that are going out and competing in the Worlds yeah. are the same guys that will train with, you know, lawyer Dan yeah. who comes in for his yeah. six o'clock session on a Thursday. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's almost like it might, for, the, for the, now there are like these professional squads like, like the Atos is guys' squad or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or Danaher's kind of team or all, yeah. all those like um, little teams you got now, that are yeah. the, the pedago guys that are like just full-time athletes yeah, that yeah, are all yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah, yeah, yeah. got their own little nucleus of training together. Yeah, yeah, it seems yeah. like it has to be like that if with, with as they kind of start to get the level going up and up and up. You can't, ha you know, you don't have Ronaldo training with, no. <laughs> with me. No, no because that, yeah. I mean, I think... To be that way, you have to be selfish, a bit, a bit selfish. Yeah. You have to. I mean, to become like a, to have this kind of group, mm -hmm. everyone needs to be selfish. Let me be why? Because you have, you only think about themselves or the little group, and you have to forget about everyone else around. Yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't work. So when you do it that way, it kind of narrows all that, and there's such a small group. And then you lose Jiu Jitsu about this whole thing about being for everyone. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but I think Jiu Jitsu. I think he, he has an academy for everyone. You know what I mean? So if you guys want to compete, you just go to that academy. And I think, I mean, jiu-jitsu is above everything. You know? All the tribes, I would say gyms, and then different affiliations and stuff. But jiu-jitsu is here. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is on bottom. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I, t I even tell my students that if you move somewhere or if you 
I know something happened, you're not happy where you are, just move on. Mm -hmm. Because it's not about the gym you train, it's about jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. Jujitsu is the biggest umbrella that just comes out down and then it goes, all the other gyms come underneath. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're not happy where you are for some reason or you're not treated well or you don't think that's a good place, I mean, move on. Mm -hmm. I mean, but make sure that you stick with jujitsu. Yeah. I, I think that's that's most profound as well. and when you see it the most is like, when you're when you're traveling and you're away from home because you know you're at home it's like oh I'm a Gracie Baja guy and that's an Alliance guy we're we're rivals or something but mm. then you're traveling and you're not in your own city anymore and you see a guy over there got cauliflower ears and like ah you did jujitsu how did you do jujitsu it's like oh nice to meet you yeah. it's like you don't even care like your affiliation just like we both do jujitsu yeah, that's exactly. amazing yeah you know yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about jujitsu exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah it's all about jujitsu and then I think that, that there is used to be like a very I think old thing about this whole tribe thing and then and I, and I respect that because I mean I used to be kind of like that too mm. but uh of course if you live in the if you see, I mean let's see like you in the in the one city right and then you want to train in other places that's okay but there, it has to be a reason for that and I mean okay maybe my academy is not good enough or maybe I want to explore all the academies but just make sure you speak to your instructor mm. I mean don't try to hide that from them you know speak to them clearly look I want to go some this place and do like a session there you're not going to be something that you're going to do weekly but it'll be something once in a while you just want to go to this place and then uh, 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 i mean maybe you know someone there and you want or you want to invite that person to come to your academy yeah i think kind of now kind of change a bit the scenario of jiu-jitsu it's such a jiu-jitsu is so big now and then that you just i mean you can go whatever you want or the other person can go whatever they want but just speak to the instructor and then uh if he's a guy that that, 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 that I mean, is evolving with jiu-jitsu, he's going to understand that, mm -hmm. you know? But I think the main reason is mainly for traveling. You know, if you're going away somewhere, you want to tra be training jiu-jitsu, why not go somewhere, have fun, meet other people. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, make friends. It's about jiu-jitsu, no? Yeah. It's, of course, respect your gym, you know I mean? Support your gym, but it's about jiu-jitsu at the end of the day. So, you know, if you are, if, if you are you're a good instructor, you know you're doing a good job, you shouldn't be worried about your student going somewhere because mm -hmm. they're always going to come back to you. Yeah. If you're doing a good job. Because like I always tell my students, like there's no such a thing as bad students. There's only bad teachers. Mm. So, I mean, if you're doing a good job, the students are going to know. And I mean, they're going to gonna respect you. They're going to look up to you. And then if they ask you, can I go somewhere? I say, yes, of course. Please do. Go there. Have fun. And they're always going to come back to you. Yeah. That's my, my vision on that. On, go, on good instructors, you know, um, Danaher, I guess, is, 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 you know, largely considered one of the best instructors in the world, if not mm -hmm. the best by many. Yeah. Um, do, do you agree? And if, if so, like, why do you think many people consider him the best? Is uh, there a wider field that you would say the best is multiple different things? Or? Yeah, I think, I, think, I think the best, I mean... I think he's doing a really good job. He came up with something completely new. So you, he's like kind of ahead of his time because he went, no one look it up at the leg locks like he did. Mm. And he just focused on the leg locks and he brought the leg lock game up. And then now everyone knows about leg locks and everyone studied it. So he opened another chapter and I think that that's, that's like something you need to have like a, uh, you need to look at just in a different way to see that. Uh, so uh, for me, he's one of the best, you know, but I think there's a lot of very, very good instructors around, you know, a lot, a lot. I mean, you see, I mean, we have here in the UK, you guys are very lucky to have Mauricio here. I mean, mm -hmm. he's such a good instructor, you know, you have Roger, you have like Lagato, you have Braulio, you have Victor, you know, so they are really, really good instructors, you know. So mm -hmm. I just think now, I mean, John is the spotlight. Everyone's, I mean, he's hearing about his name because he, 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 he focused on a small group of athletes to compete and he's doing such a good job on that you know and then he came out a bit out of the mainstream of the brazilians you know he's like a foreigner doing something very different than everyone is doing and he's being very successful mm -hmm. and again this is good for jiu-jitsu I mean, because if you look in 10 years time in the uk you're gonna have i mean hundreds of black belts teaching jiu-jitsu all over the city all over the, the country you know the whole uk and then to a point that having some a foreigner coming in is great because it's probably a different style, you know, but 
still we have a really good quality British black belt teaching jiu-jitsu, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's just good for, again, yeah. it's jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu is above everything. So we just make, jiu-jitsu is growing, and then you're not relying just on foreigners teachers anymore, like used to be before. You used to count the black belts you used to have in the country. Now we have like lost count of that. Yeah. And then in 10 years time, again, that is gonna, the number is gonna grow and grow, and this sport is growing, and it's, it's just great. So so what makes the, the, the good, a good or uh, great instructor is, is it how well your students are doing at competition or is there other markers for success there? I think, in my opinion, how, I mean, if I look at my student, I mean, if, if I get someone who never trained Jiu-Jitsu or any martial art coming mm -hmm. through that door, if I look in a year time, if I look at the person, how the, the person's, I mean, how he's talking, how he's behaving, and then, if he's happy, I mean, that I see that jujitsu changes life. I think that's <coughs> you have to tell that that, that I did a good job. Mm. So, and then how I I make the person feel too. I hear a lot about that. That after people done with my class, they're like, "Wow, that was a class." So, uh, in the end of the day, the, what the person is gonna remember is the feeling, feeling, right? So, whatever they felt in that class that's what they're going to remember. So whatever class I teach, I make sure I do my best because I want them to, to make them feel like, like, I don't know, that, that just, I don't know, it, it, it's the jiu-jitsu feeling, you know? Mm -hmm. Like after the class, like, wow, that was a class. And they're going to be extremely happy, not just because they did jiu-jitsu, but because of how they're feeling, you know? So if I can make them feel good, I think I did my job, you know? I learned, yeah. I teach jiu-jitsu because in a way they make them feel good about it and happy and then I think I think that, that that's that's what I call being a good instructor you know build a community that everyone respects everyone everyone has a good behavior everyone is helpful I mean we're not thinking about a, a one person we think about the whole group for me that that's been being a good instructor what what do you see in, in your experience as uh, some of the pitfalls that jiu-jitsu instructors fall into and things that you think mm. they get maybe broadly or narrowly, it doesn't matter, but things where guys are doing wrong consistently or not as good as they could be doing. As instructors? As instructors, yeah. Is there anything like, oh, I wish people would stop doing that? I think mm, it should be stopping doing it. I think the way, I think, I think I said that before, but the way they, as an instructor, they don't realize whatever action they 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 make, whatever they whatever they do. I mean, if they react in a way or of a situation, if they lose patience when they're teaching someone, that is going to replicate in your student. Mm. So I think it's not really stop doing something. I think it's mainly try just to. Before you start their class, whatever you're gonna teach, do a deep breath. Even if you're tired, just try to be calm and imagine if it was yourself there. Yeah, you, know? you came for for a class. You're all excited about it. You know they, that that person looked the whole day to get to the academy. You know that mm. was the, his main thing of the day. He went to work and then he's just looking forward to that time on the mat. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I like try and remember that when I'm teaching class. You know, we have guys that are traveling now, 30 miles yep. to come to class. They got 30 wow. miles here, 30 miles back. They passed two jiu-jitsu academies on their way yep. and they'll come to this class tonight. Yep. And it's like, well, just because I'm not feeling it, I'm like a bit tired. Yep. I'm like, am I going to deliver a, a class at 80%? No, you can't do that because no. this guy's, he's, he's, he wants to be here like so much that he's, you know, committed all his time and, yep. and, and energy to be here. So. I feel like it's on us as, as 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 instructors, you know, a lot of uh, responsibility on the on the shoulders to yeah. to make that class, you know, worthy of their time and effort that they yeah. put into be here. Yeah, and then to to look, I think, not just teach a class, but look at the students when they're training and they do a good move, and you call out that move. Like I just said it before, I think mm -hmm. that that. When someone does a pat or something like, well done, okay, good job. 
whatever, the person. John, well done, you did it. So that kind of clicks in in the person and that becomes a feeling eventually. Yeah. Like, like I said, it was a bad class, but I did a good pass. And that kind of good pass kind of like erased the whole bad class. <laughs> yeah, and on, I remember um, uh, I was asking Professor Gareth Murphy, Murphy who's a uh, great bar in Middlesbrough, yeah. about um, teaching classes and stuff. He was saying like, remember not to... You know, if you're stood on the other side of the room and you see a student do like the move, like, you know, they're drilling the move, but like way incorrect. Don't be like, hey, Jimmy, no, 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 not like that, no, no, no. Because now he's like, oh, fucking hell, the whole, the whole class has just, yeah. just heard that I've done the, the technique wrong. Yeah. And I say, you got to walk up to him and be like, hey, man, I see you trying that, but have you thought about doing it like this, yeah. you know? Yeah. Not being like, Jimmy, that's wrong. <laughs> no, 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 you can't do yeah. that. You can't do that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Tell me a little bit about your own competition experience because um, you've got many, many competition accolades, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what are you most proud of? I mean, in the end of the day, it's just a medal, right? Mm. I mean, uh, of course, we all should be proud of achievements and stuff, but I mean, it's just a medal. And then uh, uh, I think uh, it helps if you, are, if you were a competitor and become instructor. But I know a lot of people who were, who were really didn't really compete much, and they are great instructors, right? Mm. So I think, I think that there's this big paradox in jiu-jitsu that they say that to be a good teacher, you need to be a good competitor. I think it helps because it brings more knowledge because you know things, what they have to do if they're a competitor. Yeah. But it's not necessary, I mean, necessarily... Uh, 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 something that you must do. I think everyone should compete at least once in jiu-jitsu. Mm -hmm. Maybe more than once because if you lose, you just keep trying until you win. But uh, but competition in a way, I mean, it, it, it kind of, you start seeing jiu-jitsu in a different perspective. Like uh, it's not just as a self-defense anymore. It's a strategy. Is you, You're controlling your nerves, you know, adrenaline, how, I mean, what I'm going to do now, all that. So, I mean, in, in, in a way of tournaments, I mean, I'm proud of my, <laughs> okay, I, I mean, I won the world as brown, uh, Pan American no gi, then, then some tournaments. I mean, MMA was fun. Uh, yeah, there's some tournaments. The, the, the world, I think, brown was good, no gi too, was fun. So, is, are there any ones that really like eat at you a little bit that you're kind of disappointed about, or it's like it yeah. just slipped away? I think th th that's a mistake. You see, I can only think about the ones that slipped away, mm. and that's again something I have to work on myself because we, we we always tend to look to the the the, 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 the bad memories always come first and the good ones. Mm. And I mean, you always remember something like oh, that, and that's wrong. That's the wrong way of thinking. You know, I should I should be happy with whatever one but like uh I, I fought as a brown uh uh the worlds and then gi and then i want i don't know i think five fights four or five fights and i had two more to go to the final and then i was fighting a guy that i beat him before and uh we start the fight everything and then he pulls guard then he did the lasso guard then he took out the lasso and then he went to do the lasso again, but he kicked me right straight in the temple. <sighs> and then I kind of passed out. Mm. I passed out and then I woke up <clears> and I was a bit wobbling. Like I wasn't, I, but, I, but I felt great. I started jumping around. Then I told Raphael, good, let's go, let's go. And then that was it. That was the end of the fight. And that was the same final of the world championship. Oh man. And then I told the guy, I said, look, look, no, come on, I'm good, bro. He's like, no, no. I mean, they can because if something happened to me after or something, whatever, there's a rule, I mean, for that. And at the time, I got really, really upset and all that. And then there was something there that kind of stuck with me. Because the two guys, the guy, this guy, I beat him the year before. And the guy who won, I beat him in the Europeans as, as Brown. So I, I, I had been these two guys before. And then, I mean, they went to the final. Yeah. So I was like, that was, I mean, my it title. Been, yeah, 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 but... Yeah. Is again is is the way we think as human beings. We always tend to look to the bad memories, like ah, oh, I could have done this, but again, I learned something from it. And I mean, I learned how to deal with that frustration. Mm. And then I think that gave me 
more knowledge to talk with my students about their own, I mean, frustrations or defeats or something. Look, I've been there. I've done that. I know how you feel. But carry on. Life moves on. Yeah. It's just another day. Time, time is the best medicine for everything, for these kind of situations. When you're very sad with something that happened, and then you can't change. You can't go back in time. So accept it. Embrace it. Okay, let's move on. Something good will come up. Mm. Having uh, you know done jujitsu since you since you're a uh, you know young, young kid now, yeah, and for so long, and then having come to you know be a, a great instructor and everything, um, do you feel like you're still a student a lot of jujitsu, or do you feel like you're more now of a teacher? I what? think I think we all we we are all constantly students in jujitsu. Doesn't matter your level, how long you've been doing jujitsu. There's always something new to learn. And that's that's why I think jiu-jitsu I mean, is such a such a beautiful martial art because you're always gonna be learning something new. Mm. I mean, I don't do burning bolos, but I was really keen to learn how to do it because if I knew how to do it, I could defend. So I'm not I'm not, I'm not gonna do a burning bolo on someone because even my back I cannot even do that. But of just learning something new, I think that, that that's that's what, what us as a human beings is something that really keep us like excited about it you know because i know in like in three years time jiu-jitsu is going to be doing there's going to be people doing different things you know but that i might not be using them but i wanted to learn them you know mm-hmm. it's just it's like it's like a big puzzle it's just keeping getting bigger and bigger and bigger but the foundation is always the same you need to have a strong foundation to keep growing the puzzle you don't want holes in the puzzle mm. otherwise the puzzle won't connect <clears throat> do you think do you do you as a as a martial artist, do you think we you need to uh, have a, a good knowledge of kind of, especially as a coach as well, do you think you need to have a, a good knowledge of like all the things kind of going on? Or can you just specialize into like, right, I'm a takedown, pressure pass, you know, mm-hmm. armbar specialist. Yeah. I'm just going to go straight down this path and that's, I'm just going to become laser focused on that. Or do you need, or should you have like a, a broad kind of thing like that? I think... I think your foundation needs to be really strong. Mm-hmm. You know, you need your foundation has to be really strong. You need to know how to pass, how to take people down. I think takedown is kind of neglected in a lot of places. You know, I don't think you need to know everything about takedowns, but you do need to know some good takedowns to teach your students. You know, because yeah. otherwise you're chopping the game. You're taking a big part of the game out just because you don't know, and then you you kind of don't want to push that way, or you don't want to be uncomfortable around your students because you want to. You want to show them that you know everything, but we don't know everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I think being humble and accepted, like sometimes people will ask me some questions like <coughs> about whatever, this move or that move, I might not know, but I'll tell them, look, I'm going to, st- I'm going to study that. I'm going to look it up some videos or something. I'm going to actually, do you know something different? Show me. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I'll work on that and I'm going to study that move and going to make that move better. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's, you don't have to create new things in jiu-jitsu. You just need to learn them and adapt and change and add a little detail here and there and make a new move or people call a new move. It's something that you just tweak a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think having a good foundation, okay, you have, you're going to have a, that good foundation. You know how to pass, you know how to take people down, you know how to sweep. It might not be a strong, let's see, open guard is not my strong point, but even then I'm going to work on that because I, it might not be my strong, but my student might be really good on that. So mm-hmm. if I'm not learning that move, I won't be able to teach him. And then I'm just, I mean, cutting his learning for because for, because I don't like that move or I'm not good at. Yeah, I don't think that that's the right way to see. For for your students, do you like to have them try and emulate your game, or do you like to try and have them uh, find their own kind of game? I want them to find their their own game, but first I'll build the foundation. Right. I want them to have a strong foundation. Whatever mm. they learn. If it's not for me, for other person, they have that. It's like a building box. Uh, what do we mean by foundations when we say that? Foundations like how to position themselves, having a good posture, have like no, not, not having their head down. So if they have a good posture here, they mm. can stand up to pass. They can pass from their knees, right? right. Uh, if they're doing God, to have a good close God. I mean, Roger was, I mean, was, was the king of that. They having the, the good close God, and then now. No one likes to do close guard. They just open the guard straight away. They don't even wait for the person to open the guard. They just open the guard and then mm. that's fine. It must be your A game. But close guard is a really good position. You're neglecting that just because you want to do something fancy that, 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 that works. Okay, great. But 
I mean, why you don't work in your open guard too? You know, learn how to do a nice armbar from their chokes, breaking their posture. And then if they open it, then you open your guard and then you start playing the, your, your open guard game, you know. So I think situations like that, you know. And then, okay, you start going open guard. I teach them the simple open guard. But then you want to start doing some lapel game. Okay, great. But then they have the foundation. They have the choice. Yeah. They're not forced to go there. Okay, I'm doing close guard. Okay, I can't do nothing. Okay, now I'm going to open my guard. I think that you kind of like open, you, you open more possibilities. Yeah. And that, that I think that's how, how it, it works. Yeah, so you got all the possibilities once, once those foundations are in place. Yeah, exactly. You know, mm -hmm. like how to pass the guard properly, how to put the, I think the weight distribution is something very hard to teach online. Mm. So where to put your weight? I think Mauricio does this really well, Roger, too. But Mauricio is like stacking pass and stuff like that. If you don't feel the pressure, it's very hard to replicate if you haven't felt that pressure. Mm. Well, so, what makes Mauricio's knee on belly so legendary? Oh my God, man. That <laughs> knee, it can break a rib straight away. I don't know. I think they, I think he's he been doing this for so long, you just make it better and better mm. every time. That he found a way that, that, that no one really can can replicate that move, you know. But I think that's the beauty of jujitsu. If you really go over that move, over and over again, you're just gonna make it better every time. And I think when when you get older, your jujitsu, I mean, all the positions, you go back to the foundation. Yeah, you go back to the foundation again. So when you're young, your twenties or something, you start doing everything. You go upside down, this and that. But as you get older, I mean, your back is not my leg. Keep doing that. Or injuries, you happen. I mean, you just we we doing jujitsu and then you just twist your body in a ways that you should not go or doing moves that you should not do it right. So your goal is to go back to the foundation. Why? Because I can still do a close guard, right? I can still do a stacking pass. I can I can do I can still do the side control. So as you get older, you go back to the foundations again. Mm. So that's the time you can make your foundation better. Because there's a lot of people when they get older that they can, uh, in a way, their foundation just, they missed a lot of things, you know? Or, yeah. And that, that's the time that they go back to that. They're like, okay, I'm doing the umber this way. I never done the umber this way, but like, okay, now's the time to learn that. Why? Because I cannot go upside down anymore. <laughs> my back doesn't let my neck or something, you know, injuries. I mean, your shoulder or something. So you adapt. You start doing half guard. I have a lot of friends who just do half guard because they have bad knees or they have bad neck or something. And then they're still able to roll quite a good way, but that game becomes limited to that. And that's Jiu-Jitsu. It's all about adapt. You adapt yourself. That's amazing. Um, to finish this up, Professor, yeah. um, for you, like, what, what, are we trying to achieve as martial artists? Like, what are we trying to, what are the values we're trying to live by? Um, and what are you trying to instill into your students? I think, I think to, I'm trying to give it back to my students, everything that Jiu-Jitsu gave it to me. You know what I mean? Like this, the whole friendship, the great feeling about having good people around you. And then, and I think it's more time they spend with me because no one we arrive at the academy, I mean, being just like talking to everyone or being friendly or this and that. And I think being able to teach a, pers a person that skill, I think that that's that's probably I don't I don't know if we should call it skill, but like a a way of living. <coughs> that's the jujitsu way. Yeah, I think that, I think that's my my main goal and my I think my. I mean, uh, if you can achieve, if now if I can, if you can achieve something of that, I'll be very happy. Mm. I think that's that's the whole goal. And then have I mean having an academy that everyone is super nice, you know what I mean, and friendly, and then having a good time, and then respecting each other. Especially nowadays, I mean the, the whole I mean the whole world is going kind of crazy. I think jujitsu is still there. You know, I mean, you're still putting everyone together. It doesn't matter. I mean, where you're coming from, how much money you have, what's your religion, everyone on the mat is the same. And then I think that's there's no price for that. You don't see that. I mean, around you know, you don't see a sport that everyone's such a well accepted and that people become friends, even having different kind of views about about 
politics, life, or in general, everyone becomes like on the map, everyone's friends, everyone's shaking hands, everyone's laughing, everyone's talking. So I think you can create that environment. I think that's the key. Mm. That's the key. So what's the uh, what's the future looking like for Professor Luciano? Uh, we got anything uh, we can talk about on the on planned, or do we just seeing how it goes? Yeah, I mean, eventually, I mean, I wanna uh, I wanna open my own club. I mean, in London. So uh, that's probably gonna be by next year. So uh, yeah, so I'll be I'll be looking to find a place and and then open a place and then having the the, the kind of environment that that I can I mean if I can have a place that I can replicate what I have in my mind mm. about how I make people feel and the whole atmosphere of the place, I think I'm gonna be a very happy man. I think that that's my final goal. And of course, everyone wants to have a nice gym, gym, and then for a nice space that looks good. But it's mainly about what I make people feel there. That's going to be my goal. And then eventually open, I mean, another gym and replicate the same thing. So it's mainly about the quality instead of the quantity. I think that 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 will be my main goal. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I uh, thanks so much for doing this, Professor. I hope you'll uh, come and visit us in in. In Leeds, of course, be uh, a pleasure. Um, you're um, you're available. Yeah. Um, but if um, if not, people can find you um, at Lucky Luciana. Yes. Uh, on Instagram, we'll yeah. Link you in, or if you're in London um, soon, you, you might catch him here at Guild uh, BJJ. Or yeah. I'm sure wherever you are at the time, it'll be on your socials and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. All Thanks right. so much, Professor. Right. My pleasure, brother. Thank you. Thank See you later, guys.